So today I want to reflect with you about tiredness and exhaustion. Um, And maybe like me, you've been trying to do the best things that you can. Uh, Exercise, prayer, sleep. Um, You've used every ounce of productivity, planning and training that you've got. And as we are heading into what is hopefully the tail end of COVID, you might be more exhausted. I know I am. Why is that? What is there left for us to do? And I want to suggest today that there is something called not doing that might be the answer to our fatigue, or at least a good start. This past week, I hit the COVID wall. I'm sick of the sound of my own voice as I talk with others for planning, caring, responding and leading. I am, moreover, fed up with my voice in my head, bored and enervated by myself. A deep fatigue has settled upon me. And with the promise of coming out of COVID, I am suddenly so exhausted. And perhaps the old adage is true. It's always darkest before the dawn. I'm at the limit of who I am, my gifts, abilities and what I can do. My best seems so inadequate to the needs around me and I feel markedly below average at every role in my life. Pastor, seminary professor, father and husband. Doing. The exigencies of COVID have led to much more doing, not less, for so many people, not just church leaders. I've never worked this hard apart from when I was bivocational planting our church. There has been the reconfiguring of what we do into new online environments, along with innovating around new opportunities, and all with a new cadence of online meetings with staff, leaders, members. All this requires regular review, update and adaptation, and not just for ministry, but every domain of life. The tidal wave of decisions was and remains unrelenting. Decision fatigue is a real thing. So are all the other types of fatigue, emotional, mental and physical. And coming out of COVID, there's not less doing on the horizon, but much more to attend to. Even kingdom opportunities take consideration and mobilisation. There have been many things requiring attention within pastoral care, intensified in terms of the volume and the nature of issues. Redundancies, marriage breakdown, illness, bereavement, child protection, grief, loss, people moving away and people falling away. Things that are the regular flow of pastoral life have been pressurised and compressed through the nozzle of COVID to impact daily life. And as a pastor who relies on contact and presence... It's been like being made deaf or blind, losing a required sense whilst trying to respond to all these needs. Pastors rely on proximity, touch and line of sight to hold people before God physically, emotionally and spiritually. My innermost being. The number of grateful people for all we have done outnumbers those who think we've not done or been enough. There has been a kindness and a gratitude towards what we do as pastors that I've not seen before. Yet it is a challenge to receive and live within this gratefulness gifted to us, to be centred in it instead of reeling under the discontent of a few. There are always those who are meant to be the church, who declare their struggles are due to a lack by the church. I'm not talking here about the necessary critique of the church that all Christians should participate in. Instead, it's the armchair critic rendering judgments on the church. 
And here a linguistic sleight of hand occurs, either through intended implication, my own insecurity, or maybe a combination of the two, where what is ascribed to the church becomes an attribution about me. It doesn't require any evidence of what you would or what, sorry, what would or could be undertaken differently. It's sufficient that someone else's paucity of experience becomes an, an imputed deficiency in the church. Such interactions are the most depleting to my soul. And therein, unearthed and excavated by all things COVID, is the real nub of things. Beyond accepting the givenness of my circumstances, the location in space and time of where I am, beyond becoming someone who responds better to what befalls me, the realm of how I am, beyond those layers is something further in and farther on. It is the realm of who I am before God. Who I am matters most to my Heavenly Father. Who I am is located in the place that the psalmist calls our innermost being, Psalm 56, sorry, Psalm 51, verse 6. I'm close to Jesus at the moment, more in love with him than ever. I found him in a new way during COVID. I've opened up my innermost being to him, living out of that place with more of his presence. But that place is running dry. I've even met the tired Jesus of John 4, who became weary. I've sat with this Jesus by Jacob's well and asked for streams of living water to refresh me. And so I've been considering not doing. And I'm not very good at it. Not doing. More activity at present leads to exponentially diminishing returns. When a friend this week asked me what I could do about my fatigue, I realised something. There's nothing I'm not doing that I should be doing. I'm eating well, I'm exercising regularly, sleeping well, and praying. Perhaps the only thing left for me to do is not do. Maybe less is sometimes, indeed more. And that disquiets me. I'm not good at genuine not doing. And I know that not doing is not the same as doing nothing. Now, I can allow myself distractions and entertainment from doing, but I know those don't fill the well of my innermost being. Not doing is not the cessation of doing. It's also not the overreactive or passive-aggressive escape into doing nothing. Not doing means to be located in and have the action in my life generated by something radically different to any anxieties I have, busyness, fear, control, and even exhaustion. God once showed me that it was okay to work hard. I like working. I can outwork most people I know. But there is a world of difference between working hard in the hope that God might notice and join in with my labours, and of me working hard on something that he has initiated. Joseph, Daniel, Nehemiah are my heroes. They worked hard and smart around things that God instigated and spoke into being. God did not join them in their endeavours. They joined his. Like Paul, they struggled to keep up with God's mighty power at work in them. To come to an end and a bottom of myself means to look at my innermost being and know that not doing is actually a mode of doing. Not doing is not wasting time, is not a lack of productivity, passivity or an action. It means to be pulled instead of me pushing. 
It means ignoring leadership and pastoral FOMO, which is such a pernicious disease. And you know what that is? That's the fear that I am just one more webinar from being a better pastor in COVID. Not doing is choosing not to listen or read every excellent resource. It means not responding to every demand for care and attention. It is, as Diane Renner and Stephen D'Souza describe, to unlearn the doing instinct. To stop listening to the inner doing voice that wants to control, self-protect, care and rescue. It also means not numbing by succumbing to distraction and entertainment. But to sit with and be present to my anxiety, fear, disappointments, apprehension and loss. To observe all those things and notice where they are too often the things that generate my actions. To take the fear of me not being or doing enough to Jesus at the foot of the cross. Stillness and action. As I meditate on the cross, I see a moment in my mind's eye. The moment when Christ breathed his last. When all his activity had ceased, his heart stopped and his inner voice was stilled. His doing and being entirely given and surrendered. This was the ultimate moment of stillness within action, where being and doing were perfectly aligned and surrendered to each other. The ensuing silence spoke louder than Christ's last words, it is finished. What does it mean to participate in this moment of the cross? What does that mean in practice for me? I think it means moments of the cross where things in me need to die. Not just in my mind's eye and my prayers, but choosing not doing in the face of my compulsion to doing. Those places and spaces where not doing manifests and reveals my fears of not being or doing enough. And to know that in Jesus I have done enough. He is my enough that in him I love, move and have my being. It means a few things. Let's bring these down to some real practices. For me, it means taking a real Sabbath to ignore urgent messages and that one thing that I tell myself I need to do before I can rest, to let the belief that the world is sustained by my actions to be put to death. It means scheduling and aiming at less in the face of the need to do more. The act of declaring that God is sovereign and I am not to discover what he is doing in my world and then to take part in that. And it means taking time off, time that is best for me and not just everyone else, to miss invitations to webinars and podcasts about coming out of COVID. For what does it gain a pastor to learn more about leading in COVID and lose their soul? I want to pause and rest and discover where I am enough and have done enough in him. So uh, thank you for listening. Um, If you want to catch more of these articles and podcasts, everything is on my website, jasonswanclark.org. That's jasonswanclark.org all one word noeonclark.org and uh, on there you'll be able to subscribe to uh, an email newsletter um, to push updates to you for new articles um, and all the recordings also you can subscribe to this audio podcast in Spotify SoundCloud and iTunes and wherever else you catch your podcasts from Um, and lastly thank you for listening and if you found this helpful please like and do share with others.